Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. All right, all right, you guys, I'm excited. Today's episode, we're talking all about desserts. I feel like this is kind of long awaited. I've talked a little about about them here on the podcast before, but today we're gonna get into some of the techniques and strategies I teach inside my Demystifying Desserts mini course, and we're gonna break that down. But first, before we get into that, I wanna say thank you to you guys for being here, for listening, for uh, subscribing, downloading, all the things, sharing with your friends, but especially an extra uh, thank you to those who write me a written review. Not only does it help me, but it also actually tells other moms just like you to listen to this podcast. That's actually what fuels the algorithm to push this podcast to more moms like you. So if this podcast has been at all helpful for you, you can just take a minute completely for free, write a written review. It can just be a few words of what you think and uh, just however the gods behind the algorithm work will work its magic and push it out to their moms. So this one comes from uh, Bits505. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Yeah, Bits505. Solidarity in picky eating. Five stars. This podcast is just amazing. I love how real Alyssa is and how practical her tips and discussions are. There is no magic fix or serious picky eating um, for serious picky eating, but no longer feeling alone in this journey battle has been huge. Yes, I'm so glad you're picking up on that. I never want you to come here thinking like, oh, Alyssa has this one hack or this one trick or, you know, whatever it might be. And all of a sudden picky eating disappears. It just doesn't work that way. However, picky eating is something that we do have some control over how our children have an environment around food. And there are things we can do. So you're not completely helpless either. So I'm so grateful that you're here and learning, but also fully like disclose that there's no super quick trick that tomorrow you're going to wake up with a perfect eater because also there's no such thing. Okay. Now we're getting off topic, but I so appreciate you writing in those words and uh, it means the world to me. And of course, other moms just like you have found this podcast because of you, it means the world to them too. Mama, I see you. You're tired of making different meals and crossing your fingers that tonight might be the night where they actually try those veggies. You're so tired of putting things on the plate just to watch them not get touched. Maybe you're even feeling stuck in a never-ending cycle of bribing, begging, bargaining to get your little one to eat. Maybe you feel like they wouldn't eat anything unless you count down their bites or even feed it to them. I bet you're even worried that they're just not getting enough and certainly not enough of the things that you know that they need. You're not sure that they're reaching their full potential living off pizza and goldfish crumbs. You're ready for a change or else you might just throw in the towel altogether. Maybe you're feeling like you're at your wit's end with picky eating and feeling like nothing will work. You need a plan to finally beat picky eating and get back to enjoying meals again. If this sounds anything like you, then this program was literally made for you. Table Talk is the picky eating program that works. It's the program that teaches you to be your own feeding expert because at the end of the day, you know your child best. And feeding kids shouldn't be this hard. Picky eating can take over your life feeling like every meal is worse than the last. It's time to reclaim your kitchen and 
actually start enjoying meals together. Table Talk is a targeted program that teaches you the strategies and methods that kick picky eating to the curb for good. Take it from Lola, who's a mom of a little one who she was ready just to throw in the towel altogether about picky eating, but then she took Table Talk, and at the end, she said, since taking Table Talk, my daughter's foods, likes, and loves is over 100. Can you imagine what it would be like for your little one to like or love over 100 foods? Throughout the Table Talk program, you'll learn how to get them to eat more variety and new foods, make sure that they're eating the right amount, and finally have peaceful meals again as a family. You'll learn how to stop pressuring them to eat and what to do to encourage them without pressuring. Plus, you will feel confident at the table knowing that everything you're doing is leading to raising a healthy, happy, and independent eater. All right, you can click the link in the description box below to enroll in Table Talk today. And when you do that, you will also get my Demystifying Desserts mini course completely for free. This course teaches you how to take desserts off the pedestal and put them back where they belong and end the obsession with sugar. All right, click the link in the description box below to get started today. You guys, I'm excited to get into desserts. So for those of you who don't know, I do have a Demystifying Desserts mini course um, that teaches you the entire framework from start to finish of how to take desserts off the pedestal and put them back where they belong, meaning how to normalize these foods in our life because they're already normalized in our culture. The world has desserts and treats and goodies and sweets and sugar. And to try and live our life pretending like those don't exist, especially in children, often leads to confusion. And uh, this is restriction. And when our kids are restricted, when they're children, when they go off to college or they live on their own or they go to a friend's house, they can very easily become obsessed with sugar. And we might be seeing signs of that when they go to birthday parties or whatever the case may be, Halloween parties at school, Valentine's Day parties, whatever the experience might be where there's sugar available, we might be seeing our kids obsess over it. And we might be thinking to ourselves, why are they obsessing? They shouldn't even know what that is. They've never seen frosting, right? But it's blue and it's got a PJ mask figure on top and they're so excited and it's so glitzy and everyone's circling around the table with a candle and everyone's singing and it's so excited and everyone gets to cut the cake. And it's just this huge deal, especially here in America, our culture around food and not only just food, but also dessert. Desserts are often the highlights of most of our um, get togethers, like not only birthday parties, but also Thanksgiving. Everyone immediately thinks of like turkey and pie, right? Uh, Even holidays like Christmas, there's candy in the stocking, Valentine's Day, it's all about the candy, all the things. And even if we can continue working on that, that not everything should be focused around desserts and sweets and all the things we can admit and, uh, accept that desserts are part of life and they're meant to be enjoyed. And that's why we don't all just like take multivitamins every day and don't even eat food, right? Because food is meant to be enjoyed, savored, celebrated, and it is okay to have desserts as part of the mix. Anyways, this is a whole another tangent, but if you struggle with desserts, if you feel like you can't keep them in the home, if you feel out of control around desserts, feel like once you start, you can't stop, have to completely get rid of the candy, you're so afraid of it, you think it's poison, it's just a little too much for you, I highly recommend going to check out our other podcast, The Mama Well, where we talk to you about your relationship to foods and normalizing them as well. Because even though it feels like the more restrictive we are about it, the more rules we have put around it, the less we have it in our home, um, we feel like we're in more control. It actually 
usually leads us to feeling really out of control around those foods. This is exactly why someone's on a really restrictive diet. And then when they have a cheat day or an off day or there's food presented to them, like at a party, they don't feel like they can stop, right? They feel out of control. So even though it feels like the answer to feeling out of control is more control, (laughs) it's just not the answer. It's very counterintuitive. But in fact, the answer is to normalize these foods because it truly takes away that uh, shininess to that food, that excitement that, um, well, once I started, I can't stop because once I stop, I know I'm not going to have this food for a long time. So this is true for adults. That's what we teach on the Mama Well. But this is also true for kids. Let me share a story that I think uh, will be very pertinent here. And I I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying. Um, I want you to hear what I am saying. So uh, let me get into it. I had a guest come on our Mama Well podcast a while back, Claire Tuning. Absolutely love her work. Um, She also works with adults as well with a relationship with food. And she talked about how growing up, they had a candy jar in their dining room. There was like just a I don't know, buffet or something. And it had a candy jar in it. And there was always candy in it, whatever, whether it was leftover from Halloween or Christmas, or, you know, if it was empty, their mom would buy something and fill it up. And there would always be candy in the candy jar. She grew up this way. So again, I'm not saying you have to live this way, but I just want you to hear this story. So she remembers still friends coming over to her house and they would just sit in the dining room and eat the candy. And she's like, Hey, do you want to go play? No, they want to eat candy. Hey, do you want to go watch a movie? Nope. I would like to eat this candy. Like she felt like her friends came over because they wanted to eat that candy because in their home, they weren't allowed to have candy. They certainly weren't allowed to have candy whenever they wanted. There certainly just wasn't candy in jars around their house. And so when they came to Claire's house, they just wanted to eat the candy. And she still vividly remembers this as a child having friends over who just wanted to eat their candy, especially for the first few hours that they were hanging out, maybe as a sleepover or whatnot. And these these kids, these friends of hers, just couldn't believe that candy was available. And yet to Claire, as I'm sure you can probably start to gather already, this was no big deal. It was always in their home. She goes, I actually don't remember a single time that I went in and like grabbed candy just because I wanted candy, but it was there all the time. And she's like, I'm sure it happened here and there, but it it wasn't like part of my memory. In fact, not even part of her family's memory either. It just kind of was there. It was an option. Um, And I bet a lot of us are kind of sitting here like, hmm, I wonder what that would look like in my home. And some of you might even been thinking, oh no, I could never do that. I can never just leave out a bowl of candy. I would eat it all. My kids would eat it all. We'd never stop eating it. First of all, I want to challenge that. Is that true? Would you never stop eating it? Probably not, right? Like probably at some point you're going to be like, mm, I feel a little sick. I'm going to stop eating this. Uh, you know, all those sorts of things. And listen, I'm not encouraging you today to have a bowl full of candy available all the time. I don't do that with any food in our home, right? Especially right now. As my kids grow older, maybe. Um, but right now, when they're young, I'm still in control of the meal and snack schedule, when food's available, what foods are available, what foods come into our home, all those sorts of things that that's the division of responsibility that I've taught about uh, plenty of times here. So all this to say, I just want this imagery in your head because we want to normalize sugar and desserts so much so that our kids like don't care. Now, I'm not saying they can't enjoy foods, especially desserts or any food rather for that matter. Um, But what I don't want is kids to have this like obsession so that when they go to a friend's house and there's like sugar cereal in the pantry, for example, they go ham and do not stop so much so that they're not even connecting with their friend anymore because they just want to eat the food, right? Like this is the sugar obsession that maybe some of us are feeling like our kids have right now. And so the answer to that isn't having less sugar in the home. 
I know, I know it's so counterintuitive. The answer is actually have them have planned and structured environments where they are exposed to sugar when they have the opportunity to eat desserts. Now you get to decide what that looks like in your home, whether it's Halloween candy, Christmas candy, maybe you bake once a week for something in the house that's more like a dessert type. Maybe you buy cookies at the store, maybe you mix it up and do a little bit of everything. In fact, it's completely up to you. And this is actually the framework that I teach inside Demystifying Desserts. So uh, getting back to kind of the tips, the takeaways that you can do today. So step one I want to walk you through is to offer desserts regularly throughout um, the days, weeks, months, years over time and offer it on a balanced plate. So this doesn't mean that you need to offer candy every single day. It definitely does not mean that. Um, But what it does mean is Consider how often candy or sweets or desserts are in your home now and consider your child's reaction and just consider that maybe they need more exposure to these foods, not less. That may not be true for you. Maybe for you, it's really not that case. So just to be clear, of course, everyone has their own needs and their own family dynamics and and all the things um, and preferences. But what I'm trying to say here is offering these foods regularly will keep them from being a special occasion dessert treat only. Um which keeps the focus off the food. Offering them alongside a balanced plate not only helps them fill their belly so that they can't um, eat so much candy in one one sitting, but it also teaches them that all foods are on the same level, that morally any foods we choose does not make us a better or worse person. And these foods are to be eaten in a way that feels good to you and your body. A lot of times when parents serve dinner and then uh, dessert afterwards, kind of subtly what we're telling them is, hey, I trust you to fill your up, yourself up with your food for dinner, but now I'm going to offer this dessert and it's going to taste really good. And now I expect you or encourage you to eat past fullness to eat this dessert. We may not be saying that with our words, but that's kind of the mode that we're going towards. This is why a lot of times if I'm choosing to serve dessert after a meal, which is very rare, I'll remind my kids, hey, we're going to have ice cream after this. Make sure to save room for ice cream. I know that must sound so crazy to you guys, but this actually helps my kids regulate their own body and eat enough dinner so that they either have room for ice cream or they go, you know what? I didn't actually leave room for ice cream. I don't don't really want some, which has happened in our home before. And so then we're like, okay, we'll have it another night. Um, And so being honest and open and transparent with that conversation is really helpful as well with kids. So offering it along a balanced plate is really, really important for them to realize that this is normal. This isn't going to be restricted because... Having a dessert feel restricted is ex- the exact thing that leads them to feeling obsessive around the sugar when they get it. So you can imagine when they go to a birthday party and see a cake and they never see a cake, maybe they see a cake once, twice, three times a year, they're going to be like, I need to get as much of this cake as I possibly can because I don't know the next time I'm going to see it. And I think the saddest thing for me is not even like how much sugar they're eating, although as a dietitian, you know, sugar isn't sugar in large amounts isn't ideal, right? We know that. But what I'm trying to create is an environment for the rest of their lives not to eat an crazy amount of sugar in small periods of time, right? Instead, eating desserts alongside other balanced things that that can lead to a healthful life. And that's more important to be that long-term picture than the right now. Um, But what's really sad to me sometimes is when I see kids, like we went to a birthday party not too long ago, and they were having cake. And it was was a wonderful cake. It's great. But um, we were at a trampoline park. And all these kids wanted to go jump on the trampoline, jump on the trampoline. And then it was cake time. Everyone to sit down and eat cake. And my son ate cake. He asked for a second slice. 
I have a post on Instagram actually uh, talking more about this. But then he wanted to go back and jump on the trampoline and hang out with his friends. And so many of his friends just wanted to sit and eat cake. And he's like, okay, well, I guess... I guess I'll just go jump on the trampoline by myself and wait for you guys. Like he wanted to connect with his friends and to me and everyone gets to decide their own values and importance in life and priorities. But to me, connecting with other people, forming relationships far outweighs cake. And the reason why in that moment for some kids it didn't is because they don't have access to cake very often. And they're like, I need this cake right now. Now, there's a lot of nuance to that. But um, I just want to reiterate that this is what we're giving up when we don't allow our kids to normalize desserts is sometimes those relationships and they're getting a way bigger amount of sugar in a smaller setting than they would if you are actually including it more often in your home and had instances where your kids were like, yeah, I just want a bite of cookie and then I'm going to leave it or I'm going to ignore it or I'm going to eat two and then I'm going to move on versus when they do have access to it at a sleepover or birthday party or whatever event might be going on, they might eat like half their Halloween candy in one night. Like, I think we can all agree that it's probably healthier for our little ones to get, even if like we have the same total grams of sugar, we can probably both agree that it's better to get that same grams of sugar over the course of like a month or two months than it would be for like two hours for our bodies, right? Like we know that's easier process. So um, that's the goal here. So one balanced plate, you're still in control of how often those foods come in your home. You're still in control of what foods, what desserts, what types all those things. So there's still a lot of control there that you have. I'm not saying just go out and buy Hershey's bars and leave them around the house all the time for your little ones. That's not the goal. That's why there's a framework inside of demystifying desserts. Um, because I know it can feel really overwhelming to parents, but I just want to set your, your sights on something bigger than just, um, like, I don't want my kids to eat dessert. Do you know what I mean? So Anyways, I hope that was helpful. So alongside a balanced plate. Um, the second one is I get a lot of questions like, well, what if I put a cookie on the plate? They eat the cookie first. And they want another cookie. What do I do? This advice, I know you're not going to like it. <laughs> I know you're not going to like it. Um, if you've decided to offer some sort of sweet or dessert or something alongside a meal and they want more of it, you treat it the way you would if they were asking for more broccoli. I know broccolis and cookies are not the same nutritionally. I know that. You do not have to email me. I know that they are very different. They offer very different things and they meet very different needs and they satisfy us in very different ways. But our kids need to learn that. And once we've decided what goes on the plate, our child gets to decide how much of it they eat. Now, of course, there's limits. There's natural limits to that. Like when you run out, right? And I have an entire episode about when to say no, um, which applies. But I want you to imagine if they came to you and asked for extra broccoli, would you say no? Like, no, 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 you have to eat your chicken first. No, 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 you can't have more broccoli. You have to eat your cookies first, right? Like this is how we start to put foods on different um, pedestals or different hierarchies for our little ones. We may not be implying or saying it directly, but we're implying it with the way that we say like, no, 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 you have to earn a cookie. We don't like to feel like we have to earn food, right? Even as an adult, like I saw this meme one time, it's kind of harsh, but it spoke to me like, you're not a dog right? You don't get a treat for being good. And that's the same thing. We are not dogs. We deserve to have enjoyment in food. We deserve to be nourished by food. We deserve to eat foods in a normalized way that doesn't make us obsess about them, think about them like crazy, worry about them like crazy, stress about them, record them on our apps, all the things. And this is part of it. Teaching our kids how to be healthy, happy, independent eaters is giving them those experiences. So when they do eventually feel sick because they had too many cookies, you're not gonna have to say much for them to learn that lesson. In fact, my son one time got sick after eating um, or actually drinking a strawberry lemonade. 
And now I'll tell you what, he never orders that strawberry lemonade again. (laughs) Now, the goal here is not to make them sick on food so they don't want it. That's not the goal. But the goal is for them to learn those lessons on their own because I bet you can count on one hand, probably no hands actually, how many times you've learned a very hard lesson in your life that you didn't have to experience firsthand. Like someone just walked up to you and said, hey, by the way, I just want to tell you this happened to me and you should never do it. And you're like, oh, got it. Check. We'll never make that mistake very infrequently this happens. And oftentimes maybe it happens for a period of time, but then eventually you have to learn that lesson on your own. And it's certainly a lesson that if you learn it on your own firsthand, you will never forget it. And the same goes for food. Our kids need to learn what it feels like to eat salad and chicken and mac and cheese and cookies and a combination of all those foods. Our kids need to learn what that feels like for their body because ultimately we can't tell them what it's going to make them feel like. We don't know if their threshold is two cookies or five cookies or uh, one ice cream cone or two or, I don't know, four servings of mac and cheese or one. We don't know. Um, It's really hard to let go of that as a parent, but it's really important that we realize that our little ones have their own feedback loop mechanisms just like we do. Their bodies are working and their their bodies were designed to work this way and they will listen to it as long as we're not interfering or other people aren't interfering. And it's one of the hardest things to do as a parent, right? I mean, this is true of anything, but around food especially, it can feel really triggering to us to watch our kids take like eat more, more dessert. And they can pick up on that when we're uncomfortable about that. That's why I um, partner with Brooke over at the Mama Well to teach moms how to work through those triggers because when we're triggered by it, we're uncomfortable, we're more likely to restrict our kids, restrict ourselves, model that behavior freak out, twinge, move our body, look uncomfortable when our kids are doing that, which then it just makes them want to explore that feeling more. So anyways, I hope this episode was helpful. I feel like I was kind of just like chatting with a friend today. So I hope you enjoyed that part. Um, but I I know that this is a big issue. Um, oh, also, I know I'm probably going to get this question. Um, can I buy de- demystifying desserts mini course? No, I, it's actually a mini course. It's $97. Um, but I give it to my table talkers for free. So it's a bonus for those who enroll in table talk because I, tr- uh, listen, I could sell it. I could sell it on its own for a hundred bucks. I bet it would be very profitable. I, I truly bet it would be. I'm not here to just make profit. Now I'm a business. I support my family this way. I'm really not here just to make profit. I am here to change your family dynamic. I am cha- I am here to change your table, to change the environment at your table, to give you more peaceful meals with your family, which means that not only are kids eating better and eating healthier and learning what healthy feels like to them, but you also know exactly what to do at the table, regardless of what they throw at you, whether they're throwing a tantrum or they're throwing food or they're rejecting broccoli or they'll only eat cookies or whatever that might look like at your table. I'm here to serve you and help you have a better mealtime environment to feel confident knowing exactly what you're doing is working, that your little one is willing and ready to accept new foods, that they're more adventurous around new foods, and that your mealtimes can be a place of connection and peace and not a place of um, destruction and um, battles. And so that's why I'm here. So Demystifying Desserts mini course is built for those who have gone through the table talk process or have that uh, knowledge at hand as well. So they, they go together. Implementing Demystifying Desserts, the framework there without knowing the principles and taught in table talk will oftentimes lead to like small, short successes, but no long-term goals. Um, and that's true. I feel like too, of like anything you learn on Instagram or Google or even the podcast, sometimes you might be having like small successes, small wins, 
but nothing's adding up to much. You still at the end of the day have a picky eater or you still have a kid at the end of the day who's obsessed with sweets. Um, that's typically proof that you need more of a framework, more of a structure to walk through. And that's what Table Talk was created to do to get you that structure, that playbook, that picky eating playbook to get you from start to finish. Um, but also the demystifying desserts mini course as well builds on top of that. So it's kind of like trying to build a house on the sand. <laughs> like it's, it might stand up for a while, but it's not going to last. So anyways, um, but I did want to bring these, these two things to you today about desserts because I, I know it's a struggle and I want to give you some small wins and I want to give you hope that it is possible. Um, I always love it when table talkers reach out and say, I love table talk. My kids are eating more foods. In fact, Lola said over a hundred foods her little one's able to eat now. She's like, it's so easy packing her lunch for school now because uh, we have over a hundred foods that her little one will eat. And that was the last time I checked into in with her. But I also love when people reach out specifically about the desserts part. Like we went to a birthday party and my kid just asked me to take a piece of cake and bring it home. They didn't even eat it at the birthday party, things like that, that have been DM to me. Um, I just think that's so incredible. So amazing to watch it work. So anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'm sorry I went a little long. I'm sorry it was a little chattier than normal, but I hope this was helpful. And if it was, share it with a mom friend, download it, listen to it again. And uh, yeah, I will see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com. All right, until next time, mamas.